So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops. episode of Cinema Psyops that represents 349 consecutive weeks of these two idiots. One of them being myself, 
Court, who is your main host and the guy who keeps this shit going for emotional reasons that he can't even fucking explain anymore, and one of my co-dependent, co-productive cohorts in this adventure is my co-host, Matt. Hey, idiots. I don't think that was harsh enough. It probably could have been a little bit harsher. It probably needed to be a little bit harsher. <laughs> I, think, I think we far in a way uh, have gone away from just being normal idiots. Honestly, my um, shaming fetish thing that I have where like, you know, I'm talked down to has yeah. been so fully satisfied by the way that uh, the great Ryan Lewis has recorded that disappointed dad voice for me. <laughs> like every time, I s- swear to God, dude, every time that I've edited this year, every time yeah. I play back the episode to check it, I listen to his whole intro every time. Well, why not? <laughs> First of all, it's a great voice. Exactly. Second of all, it's really putting us in our place. <laughs> it just lets me know, you know, like I'm like, I know I'll never be good enough. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay so this week represents the final week before we start the full franchise fest that we uh have been kind of teasing everybody about and talking about for a little bit here but i'm actually really excited for this because the rest of this year counting this week matt will not be able to rely on clips at all uh, is everything from yeah. here on out it's japanese so everything is in japanese there's not a single english dub for any of the films oh for the entire summer there are no clips <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that when I was scheduling this until this week when you texted me and you're like so no clips huh like you were really upset and I'm like oh fuck there's and not gonna be any clips upset. for the rest I was of this like, year oh, no, no clips I usually do that just in case we had had a few occasions where I got a movie that was full on they were you know, there are subtitles and everything and I just went through it and then you're like oh I had an English speaking version of the movie Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So that's why I do that a lot of times is because we had that happen once. And I was like, I just want to make sure you're not like, no, it should be English speaking. And then, you know, I'm an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. It would probably be me that was the asshole because that means that I gave you the wrong file. So Uh, I need to know so I can re-rip you a new file for you to watch the English language But I remember the first time that ever happened, I never brought it up. I was like, oh, okay. It's just just no clips. And then you're like, why aren't there any? You're like, no clips? I go, well, yeah, it was... You know, it was all subtitles and you're like, it shouldn't have been. And I was like, oh, well, whoops. <laughs> I just want to prepare you that we are moving into the Japanese Ringu series and the Japanese uh, versions right. of The Grudge, which are Juon, you know, the, the various yeah. Juon and, and Ringu films and their offshoots. And there's going to be no, <laughs> no English language dialogue at all. Like pretty, I, I don't think there is any, like I had to go find subtitles for myself to make sure that this would work. And I may still have to to go find subtitles for you for certain things too. All right. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a lot. Well, this is a good, uh, a good, a good starting out period then where I don't get to rely on any fucking clips just to do my job for me. Well, and the other thing that I wanted to mention too is we're not just doing like Ringu from the first official theatrical release Ringu. I actually found the 1990s like TV version and we're, uh-huh. we're doing those first two together and we're just going to kind of talk about them like basically compare and contrast. You know what I'm saying? Like the differences from the TV version to the to the live action version that came later in that first episode. Yeah. And the only way that I really think we can do that is just basically talk about how the story progresses with between the two to compare and contrast, kind of like how we did it for Dracula. And that's going to be 350. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right. Well, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) I think you can do it, man. You became a fucking film buff by this year already. You know you could fucking do this. And you did an amazing job with it when you did Dracula, and I believe in you. All right. Well, thanks 
excuse for that, I guess. Um, <laughs> Look, man, this is your fucking term paper for the year, all right? Yeah, yeah this is the term, huh? Just gonna fucking just ruin my whole summer, but yeah, that's what college does. <laughs> exactly. And now that we're in that collegiate or, mindset. I, not regular college, but graduate college. That's what graduate college does. Just sucks your life away. You were film buff, and now you're moving on to graduate college for film for reviewing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know. I've lost the fucking thread. All right. So this week, because we've been having problems with pronunciation for things, the title of the film is Bahia Blanca. Bahia Blanca. That's great. Bahia Blanca. You know what? That kind of makes sense. I mean, Bahia Blanca. Yeah. I mean, that kind of all makes sense. Really? Okay. Let's say it a little slower this time. Bahia Blanca. Thank you. Bahia Blanca. Bahia Blanca. And the translation apparently means white bay. White bay. Okay. Well, the sands are white, so it would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, that that all right. I'm I'm in. I'm I'm in. I'm fully in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason I can think why they would name it that other than a possible racist connotation, but there weren't any people that weren't white in this film. N- no, no, they were all pretty much what they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this week once again we are talking about Bahia Blanca. <laughs> <laughs> the unreleased previously Jess Franco film that got resurrected for Severn Blu-ray. Huh. Well, I mean, hey, there you go. <laughs> because this deals with some um, feminist issues and there is sexual assault as a major component in the story, albeit, oh, shit. thank God it wasn't completion and we had to watch it, only yeah. heard about something that happened. Uh, but there heard is... about it and saw a couple of assaults beginning before they are interrupted. Right. It's character development, which I still kind of have a problem with, but given the age that this film was made in and the fact that it was Jess Franco that made it and he is the man that would zoom in on a vagina for no reason other than just because his camera could go there. Well, good for him. Yeah. I mean, listen, you're expressing your freedom of, uh, <laughs> I don't know. What. I don't I don't judge him for his filmmaking. I'm just saying that when it comes to transgression, he pretty much shows you all the way up to someone's kidneys when he films them. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? Again, not a judgment statement, just a statement of his particular style of filmmaking. I gotcha. Now, this film in particular is very different than the output of the similar time that he is making movies. Because as he was getting more and more pornographic and more and more hardcore with the stuff that he was able to actually sell, he was making sort of passion projects like this uh, film for himself. It's really interesting to talk about because there's a lot of his films that he's made and he has completed and then he just kind of sat on and they didn't get released or he was unable to get them released because they didn't have a more commercial edge that was easier to sell and the market was becoming harder and harder to do but he would still find a way to channel money from some films into these passion projects so he was basically committing fraud but nobody wants to say that to make some of these movies well of course yeah don't don't want to that's what you want out there no, but yeah, I committed some fraud, you know, whatever. <laughs> right, right. Like, even if the statute of limitations has long since passed and the man has passed away and nothing can be levied against him anyway, which is the only reason why I'm saying it out loud, because it's clearly that's what it was, but no one wants to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously. Right. And I'm not, I'm not, again, not a judgment statement. I'm just saying filmmakers could learn a thing or two from Jess Franco. I mean, I think a lot of them could learn a thing or two about you know, what life is like, uh, you know, for the older directors who flew by the seat of their pants. <laughs> yeah. 
The film that we are talking about tonight, and again, I am just not comfortable saying it, Matt. So, the film... Bahia Blanca. Due to the fact that there is some of those issues, as we were talking about earlier, and the fact that there is a lot of treatment as women as objects in this film from the characters, but as a... Yeah, no shit. But as a sort of statement, you can totally tell. You know, it's it's basically showing the negative behaviors for what they are and what they bring. You know, it's there's no... it's it's It is a heel program, but the sexism it's, is a component of what is the downfall of all of the characters that fall. It's a big time heel program, except for like one person. Yeah. And we'll probably debate who that is between us. Probably. Yeah. Um, so because of that and because of the inherent misogyny that is going on in the film as a part of the culture that is causing the problems that are aris- arising as the story goes, I just want to state that I don't think it's a misogynistic film. I think it's a film about misogyny. It's dealing with these topics is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I agree. Because of that, I decided that I'm just going to go right back to the feminist punk that we were talking about from the 90s. It's all Bikini Kill this week on yeah. the Pirate Radio edit. So there you go. That's that's the only way to fucking deal with it and make everything feel kind of okay for me when we talk about films like this. Probably the only way to do this, yeah. All right, so without further ado, let's stop fucking a boot, as our friends up north say. Yeah. Let's play the Legion Patreon ad and Bikini Kill feels blind right after this. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet. My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room. a little bit longer just because it felt good that way. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's probably for the best. All right, because this is a previously unreleased film, we have no trailer, and because it is a foreign language film, we have no clips. So whenever you're ready, if you want to interrupt the ladies of Bikini Kill, go for it. Um, I, I would never want to interrupt the ladies, but uh, okay, we'll still go for it here. Uh, <laughs> it's coincidentally, it just faded out gradually in the background as you were finishing that up. Well, look at that. Jesus Christ. It's like everything's great. All right. Bahia Blanca, right? Uh, let us confer once again and... Bahia Blanca. Bahia Blanca. Bahia Blanca. The first 20 minutes, uh, we see a person is limping down the dock, uh, a, a, a dock, and uh, see it's a woman, and she remarks that she goes to the dock to see the world, but really, she expects nothing, and she doesn't really care about anything, and it all means nothing now, uh, according to her. Can she I just states, say that as this film starts with voiceover, everyone who knows me well knows that I dislike voiceover. I started yeah. feeling like, oh, God, no, not the whole film, please, no, no, don't. Don't do this to me. I don't want to read voiceover fucking no. subtitles the whole film. I was born to lead, not to read. <laughs> I mean, I was born to read, but I do not want to read monologue, which I dislike even more as the entirety of a film coverage. I would have, I would have ejected us from this film and found something else quickly. Not a, not a, yeah. I mean, I agree with that one. So, uh, well, anyway, she says the fishermen, they no longer stop by her place to buy some love, which she's all too willing to give or sell. It would be more. Um, Prostitution. Yep, she states she's all alone now, and now we time travel back in time. We're going to see how all this is getting started. Uh, we see uh, this guy comes to port, and he's not really used to the water. Well, apparently he, um, a local dude's body was found, uh, and it had scratches on it. So they don't know if it was accidental or what, but that's why he's there. He is a medical examiner slash uh, autopsy specialist. Um, as they're coming in, a lady asks the uh, sheriff what's going on, and he says that I'll pass has died. Uh, this young lady named Sylvia, she runs to tell her dad about it and that there's a doctor in town to do uh, the autopsy. She seems a little uh, too fucking excited that somebody in their town is dead. I think she's just excited that anything's happening in this town. I think that's what it is. But yeah, you're kind of right. She okay. seems a little too wanting to It is okay uh, to be excited about like, I don't know, like a, a bank robbery happens in your town, you know, or something like that and you're like, oh my god, something that big. We're Starbucks. Right. Something like that. Like, but uh, like even like a bank robbery so long as nobody gets hurt and the person just basically like smash and grab where they just grab the money and run. Something like that, you know? Yeah. Where nobody gets hurt it's okay to get excited about that but when someone has an unfortunate demise that they are suspecting murder that's not something to be like celebrating and be super happy about yeah it's uh it's not something you should aspire to be excited to tell your dad about at least that's um, what everybody keeps telling me <laughs> you get yelled at when you do it right that's what i'm saying why is it endearing when this character does it <laughs> Anyway, the dad remarks that there's a guy named Andy and he's waiting outside and that's where he can stay. Dad doesn't really like Andy because he works for Raul Sebastian, the kind of like a, he's uh, obviously a gangster, he's well-to-do, maybe not so much a gangster as he is just uh, a... Can we call him Lil Sebastian so I can picture Lil Sebastian the horse from Parks and Rec for the rest of the the show? Thank you. All right. Uh, I appreciate it. That'll help me out with my my troubles and tribulations. But the daughter doesn't care. Her name's Sylvia. She uh, she she loves Andy, and she's gonna marry him. Uh, this is just so- basically a girl who has never left a single town and is just dreaming of a life she can never have, and it's so clear to everyone but her. Yes. The daughter then leaves. She joins Andy, and they leave. And again, they talk about getting married. Uh, they head up to the. And they're gonna head up to the lighthouse and hang out for a bit. 
Uh, the doctors later talking to the sheriff found a bullet in the guy's head, so obviously it's not an accidental death, it's a murder. Uh, the doctor then meets the town healer named Oscar. He talks about uh, the weird islands that surround this area, including Deer Island. It looks uninhabitable, but strange women live there, and at night they show them their lights and uh, they bring they lure in fishermen after uh, turning on their, their strange lights, he says. I he believe says that he is is in fact the director. The oh, old, really? The old man that's doing all the babbling. I'm pretty sure that's Jess Franco. Nice. He does cameos in a lot of his films, and I believe that this is the role that he picked. Oh, well, good for him. So everyone kind of laughs at him, and we see Andy's listening in the background. Well, the sheriff and the doc, they head to actually Deer Island. And on the island, a woman sits uh, in a shack, and she's just kind of moaning to herself. Uh, she sees That the is Lena woman. Romay, the pretty much wife of the director, Jess. Oh. Franco. Uh, they were lifelong partners if they were never legally bound. Um, I mean, she seems incredibly younger than the doctor, the, the, the doctor, but of the other dude who we think is the director. I think she just may be aged better. I don't really know what age difference they may have had. But she looked fairly younger. Yeah, but they were together for the duration, basically, once they got together, and they made movies together for, like, ever. Like, they all, they pretty much always work together. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that because I knew you might not recognize her even though we've had her in other films. That's Lena Romay. Alright. Um, she sees the boat pull up with the doctor and the sheriff, and the two head to the tavern. They knock on the door, and another woman, we know her from the earlier shot, she throws on a wig, and she starts playing guitar and sings. So the guys enter, and the sheriff talks to her, and it's really terse as he's questioning her, but then they realize they recognize each other. They've known each other from the past. They laugh and hug and have a great time. All the while, the other lady, she's still outside, but she can hear him laughing. And she's eavesdropping, and is clearly yeah. very emotional emotionally affected by the laughter and other things that are going on. Yeah. The sheriff introduces the doctor to her, and uh, we see the other lady. She's walking outside again, listening. Um, so they kind of talk to one another, and he's, she's like, the last time I saw you, you were running uh, away from cops in uh, your underwear after sleeping with the wrong woman. He's like, last time I saw heard from you, you were expelled from Valparaiso, and uh, they just kind of were enjoying talking to one another. They have uh, a laundry list of criminal offenses. The two were very much a party to not only together yeah. but no of the other one committing to the point where they're like why the fuck is this guy even a police officer and then when you We're find out find why out. it's even more fucking horrifying right yes it is so they talk about how they both ended up where they are right now um, she ended up there on the island after cops arrested her and her sister the young lady outside for sex work even though the sister was too young and she wasn't doing it so they escaped and they found the island he was the sheriff because uh, they were talking about one sheriff who got disposed because he had a scandal, and the new sheriff didn't like him because this guy, or not sheriff, mayor, the new mayor didn't like him because he was sleeping with that new mayor's wife, so he, he imprisoned him. Well, then that guy had a scandal, and the old guy came back as mayor, released him for prison, and then sent him to be the sheriff of the small town so he wouldn't sleep with his wife. <laughs> Right. So the reason that he's here and the reason that he is supposed to be the law and order of this area is because he is a tremendous fuck up and also apparently a home wrecking piece of shit. 
He's apparently a cocksmith right there, man. Yeah, who goes around destroying marriages for his own gratification and joy. And not only marriages, but of people in power so that they will punish him. He has a serious cuckold fetish, and he loves the retribution well, he gets let's, for it. Let's put it in here. It's not just his fault. It takes two to tango, so somebody else in that relationship is the one who's breaking up the relationship. That's fair, but the people he continues to pick are the people that can hurt him. He is clearly pathological in what he is doing. That is also true. So then they're talking about the body and the bullet that was found. And she goes, hey, you know, I do business with Raul Sebastian. And they're little all Sebastian. like, shit. What? Oh, little Sebastian. <laughs> she does and, business with little Sebastian. Yeah, And uh, the, everyone's kind of like, ooh, ah. And the doc's like, well, I'm not going to falsify a medical record. And the sheriff's like, dude, the, the bullet could end up in you. And he went. Meanwhile, all right, they're well. all getting four to seven sheets to the wind. Yeah, they are smashed to high heaven. And the doc goes, well, then I guess I'm signing that shit. Um, then we see the little sister, Maria, she goes back to her hut and has a paperclips moment, starts kicking shit, she ain't happy. And that's the end of that 20 minutes. We're going to the next. First of all, this is by far the most coherent, character-driven Jess Franco film that I have seen. Yeah. Not just like one of, it's the only one. I haven't seen a lot of Franco films yet, okay? And I've I've seen my fair share. I've seen a handful. We've seen some of the major ones. We've covered some of the major ones. The man works in shades and visuals and just basically gives you moods and tones and and plays around with that sort of thing in the films that we have covered, which are more his erotic cinema that goes more towards the hardcore sexual stuff. Yeah. I mean, of course I went there first because that's what I sought out for Jazz Franco first because that's <laughs> the kind of person I am. I mean, of course. Now, this Blu-ray that I purchased, I purchased solely because there was a bride holding a rifle, looking angry and fierce. And I knew it was a Jess Franco film and I was like, I got to see this. I don't care. That's it. That's all I needed, right? Yeah, yeah. This first 20 minutes, I got to say, was nothing like I was expecting. But what I got was so much more intriguing and interesting. I want to say that in the first 20 minutes, I actively set my phone down to make sure that I needed to pay attention because I knew looking at the film, just the way that it was starting off with the visual storytelling after the dread set in from the monologue. But once the actual story got developing, I knew I had to pay attention because I'm like, this is going to be really dense and I'm going to have to follow this every fucking yeah. step of the way. I could tell. You pay the fuck attention to it. Yeah, this film immediately grabs your attention with the guy coming in and being sick and they just run, they hit the ground running talking about a murder and it spreads yeah. through the whole town. How it just keeps branching off where you meet all these different characters and it just spreads across the island with the girl running to talk to her father. Then you hear about her boyfriend and then you see where her boyfriend actually, you know, slash fiance where he belongs and who he works with 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 little Sebastian and then we get into the origination of where that body possibly came from with the island and it turns out that the local sex worker that runs the tavern at the island uh, just so happens to be like lifelong friends with the scumbag piece of shit cocksmith homewrecker motherfucker guy yes this is also true (laughs) (laughs) like who just so happens to also be the town sheriff because of his cocksmith homewrecking abilities and um, now this medical examiner who is just there to do his fucking job is now being threatened by the person who called him to come do the job. Yeah. And being involved in an active cover-up and actually kind of going along with it, not just because his life is threatened, but because he likes them and he's getting drunk with them and it doesn't matter to him. Ultra. These are all terrible people and I can't fucking stop watching any of this. No, I mean, everyone's terrible right now except for, so far, the young sister. I really wish Franco could have gotten to make more of these and if he did make more
more films that are like this, I want to see them. Yeah. Very much so. So, folks, if you have seen... Bahia Blanca. And <laughs> you have seen other films of Jess Franco's that are very similar to... Bahia Blanca. Hit your boy up. Maybe we'll cover it on the show. Word up. I'm, Word I'm up. done with this 20 minutes. We can move on to the next. All right. Next 20 minutes. Um, So, the little sister, Maria, she's on the beach. It, uh, her big sister is uh, looking for... Um, Maria starts laughing and goes into the hut. Uh, Big Sis shows up, uh, and they're talking, and apparently she, uh, she's the one who killed the dude whose dead body was found. Yep. Uh, apparently he, uh, he, uh, uh, raped Maria, and, uh, Big Sis kind of jokes about it. She's got jokes, which aren't really all that funny, and Maria doesn't really like her jokes all that much. But we find out, uh, yeah, Maria got raped, and, um, so that's, uh, that's not good, and that's why that other dude they found is dead. Then we see Raul, or I'm sorry, little Sebastian and his men, they show up to the island. Thank you. see one of the men is Andy. Uh, the sheriff and the doctor are drunk off their asses. Um, Maria, she hears the men enter, and Raul and little Sebastian, he goes upstairs <laughs> to be with Big Sis, uh, while the two other goons, Andy is one of the goons, he, uh, they decide to go, you know, have, have a couple drinks at the bar. The sheriff, he gets his really drunk doctor friend up, and they go through the back door, and they get the fuck out of there. Yeah, he's um, like, you could disappear that body and no one would wonder what happened to him drunk. Yeah. Uh, the two goons, they walk and they talk shit about Big Sis, about how uh, she's not on, you know, they can't believe little Sebastian wanted to fuck her. Misogyny. Oh, yeah. so gross. And then they start building each other up about how much, you know, how much, how good they are at sex and shit. Misogyny and oh, so bros. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's, that's some to- toxic masculinity right there. If you are questioning what we mean by toxic masculinity, it's this conversation that we oh, are just discussing. It's entire movie yes <laughs> this film bahia blanca might be an existential malaise examination of toxic masculinity thank you uh, little sebastian and big sis they talk about how much she missed him and he's he's been gone for so long um we see maria's listening in her bed uh, little sebastian has a present but first big sis has to strip down uh which she does but she's still wearing like a sheer negligee Okay. She takes her pants off. Yeah. Okay. So this outfit is basically 100% see-through. When she yeah. has the pants and the top on in configuration together where the, the pants are pulled up, it makes it to where you can't see through the bottoms and it becomes an outfit that is revealing to the top. When she drops the bottoms, you can see everything. Yeah. I saw everything. <laughs> but the these, slip these, stays these on the facts. entire time. But it doesn't matter because it's so sheer and it's lit so well and this transfer is so good that I saw everything. <laughs> and this is all willing nudity and she is gorgeous, so thank you, movie. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's all right there. Maria is not really liking what she's hearing. Uh, the gift they's uh, giving Big Sis is a necklace, and then they get to the they they get to the bone town. Um, and uh, then we see Maria walks upstairs. I think that was a miscut. She was already upstairs in a bed, but whatever. The sex scenes in this film are very much not like other Jess Franco films in that they are not only soft core. Yeah, they're extremely tame. They're almost like like sheets over top the nethers you don't see anything down there kind of tame yeah it's it's 
fairly tame for this uh, this director. Well, the two goons are talking, and Andy, of course, he talks about his wedding coming up to Sylvia. Uh, goon one is making fun of him for it because he's never even had Sylvia before, never tried her, at least, all that shit. Toxic and masculinity and misogyny. They hear little Sebastian moan in ecstasy, and, you know, fucking Andy gets nervous, and he goes, nah, he's just, you know, the good ones. He's uh, He's got two more to go. He always gets three. So uh, It did kind of sound like he might have been having the big death, not the little one. Right. And uh, now they decide to go. They're going to go have a couple drinks at the bar. The next day, the goons are just blasted, and little uh, Sebastian is pissed <laughs> at him and sends him outside. I'm going to laugh uh, every time. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's drunk, and he sees Maria walking around outside. Uh, she sees him, she runs, so he chases her. He then takes her down and starts assaulting her. Right before Big Sis, though, shows up with a gun, she tells him to leave and to never come back or else she will kill him. It's Um, kind of obvious the only reason she does this is because the little sister doesn't want her to kill him. It's more upsetting to her that this guy's about to die than what he was going to do to her for some reason. I don't know. I think little sister wanted this one dead. Not the first time, I don't think, because she does react differently to people being killed. Yeah. I don't feel Uh, it this time because, yes, obviously, considering that he was assaulting her, she probably was feeling very vengeful and wanted him to be hurt. But she very clearly is against killing, too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's true. She is. Um, anyway, um, so then the sheriff, he's, uh, talking to Oscar and the, about the island. It, Oscar says that if the sheriff doesn't do something about the ladies and that island, he will die. And that's the end of that 20 minutes. All right. The first sexual assault that shows up, I'm very grateful that it, it ended as quickly as it did. Um, it feels completely unwarranted and unneeded, but given the entire toxic masculine devaluing and objectification of women, the horrific description of their bodies in very critiquing detail as if it was imperfections in an object that was carved to be their ideal and not a human being who exists and lives and breathes. It's not that shocking that this man would resort to this because he feels like he can get away with it and because he probably knows that she's a mute and she can't tell anyone. Better he doesn't know she's a mute and he's hammered and he's a piece of shit. So he's just like, oh, I'm drunk. There's a woman. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, but given what happens later on, I think this was just something that he was eventually going to do. And he will oh, no, continue it, to do, no matter he what. Still, he still wanted her, but I don't think he knew. Well, no, he probably didn't know. She, never mind. You're probably right. On everybody that. knows everybody's shit on this island and off. Yeah, well, in, so, this, yeah. in this community that this island is just This is obviously of. not the first time he's been there, so. Right. Uh, he had to have known, and I think he had this pre-planned. It just so happened that he was drunk enough to go ahead and do it yeah uh but we start the next 20 minutes uh Ra- uh little sebastian and his ghouls sh- uh, goons show up he tells the sheriff that he heard he was courting the big sister and to stay away from her and then he has the goons beat the shit out of the sheriff one of them being the would-be rapist who should have been shot but was not yeah then sylvia and her father they're talking about her marrying andy and he's like no you can never do it and she's like well you know what about mom he goes you're just like your mom she goes well mom wasn't happy and she ran away with you to get married he goes well that's different and she goes well maybe i'll just run away with andy and he's like no i'd rather have you married to him than not with me and and away from you know not be 
around where I am. And she goes, great, uh, you want me to get married to him? And she runs out, and he's like, that's horseshit. Well, that night, Sylvia and Andy bone. And, you know, he is the first, and it's really misogynistic the way he puts it. And how he's like, I, it was important for him to be the only one that she's had. But it's 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 normal for a guy to have many other partners, because she does ask about other women. Yeah, and, that's like a cultural thing, I think, where this film originates from. Yeah, um, he even states he boned the big sister on the island. Um, I think he might actually be lying to her and trying to pretend like he's a bigger man than well, what he is. It, there's also one other thing. This is just one other thing. I, I don't know if he's lying or not, because he could very well could be. It seemed we did a time jump from when everyone was on the island, you know, when the, the sheriff remet, big sis, all that. I think we did a time jump into the future, because it seems like a lot of stuff's happened. Like, apparently the sheriff has been going to the island and visiting big sis a lot. That's why it's courting. And... When they were, when Rawl was with Big, or when Little Sebastian was with Big Sister, those two were talking, and while Andy was putting down Big Sis, the other goon was like, hey, maybe you should hook up with her, though, and just to see, because, you know, just to see what it's like, and he's like, yeah, maybe I should, so I wouldn't doubt Andy didn't go there, pay a little bit of money, and, and get his top blown off, you know what I mean? That's possible, but he probably didn't do it after she threatened to kill him if he ever showed up there again. Yeah, and that was that same day, yeah. Yeah, he probably didn't show back up unless he was with little Sebastian. And then we'll find out why he probably was lying because there's there's more coming up here. Yeah, I just um, he just to me seems like the kind of guy who likes to sound like he's a bigger big shot than he actually fucking is. He definitely sounds like a giant piece of shit. Well, yeah, no, but I mean, he, he definitely is a giant piece of shit. Like, I wouldn't put him past him to consider the fact that he tried to rape someone but failed as in he had sex once. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Um, I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm sure the guy can get laid. I'm, you know, I'm sure he has paid for it. I'm sure maybe he hired her ages before this, like, most recent thing that occurred happened. But well, and also when you work for the main gangster, you probably have cast-offs. choices. Yeah, things things you can get. You know what I mean? Right. So it's because it's you're, probable. You're, you're the main. You're one of the main guys to uh, a very important person. So, but I do 100% believe that he's lying when he says he's had the sister unless he bought her way before or, you know, yeah. or purchased a time with her. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he has. So I think you're lying because yeah, she wouldn't like shoot him, like threaten to kill him, tell him never to come back, and then bang him. Yeah, not even um, not even for the right amount of money at all. Yeah. Uh, she then uh, Sylvia talks about how Oscar says that that she is a witch and that she kills men when she's tired of them. Uh, later on, she's leaving and she wants him to leave, not work for little Sebastian anymore <laughs> and just to be with her and find a different job. But he lets loose that actually little Sebastian is his dad. And when she finds this out, she runs away. Uh, dad and son then, they have a terse conversation that pretty much is all about women being objects. That's really what that whole convo's about. Generational misogyny and toxic masculinity. Exactly. That's how it spreads. Yeah. Yeah, they're... Their egos are fucked. Dude, we are turning this film into a teaching moment. It's, it should be. That's why I said there's stuff here to go through. Yeah. I mean. Whether this was intentionally on display or, or not can be up for debate, but it's certainly there and it's not being portrayed in a light as this is normal and or okay because everyone's actions are horrific. Exactly. <laughs> and everything is terrible. So, um. 
Let's see here. Uh, so anyway, then we see these. We're back on the island, and the sisters are hanging out topless, which they do a lot. So thank you, movie. And big sis asks Maria if she's mad that she killed that guy. Um, Maria kind of shakes her head no. She says that she couldn't let what happened six months ago uh, when they first got to the island happen again. Um, and he, she says if anyone touches her, you know, Maria, that she will kill them. She then tells her that uh, she doesn't know, that she, there's no way she can know this, but she's pregnant. Pregnant, and Big Sis is also protecting the baby. So Maria is also pregnant. Apparently, it's hinted that the man who got killed was killed because it turned out that the, the sister was impregnated from the sexual yeah. assault. Yeah, and they found out because it was six months later, and she's like, "Okay, well, th- this happened, and now I can't let th- let this stand." Exactly, because she only exactly. found out after it was already over. Because she lets the whenever she interrupts for the most part she seems to be like okay you can go but don't ever come back here because you will die because clearly you will do this so no never come back and at this point maria hugs her she's very you know okay i you know i i kind of almost like she very well understands what is being said um so then we cut later on that night. Uh, Big Sis is kind of all decked out, waiting for fishermen or anybody to come back. Uh, Maria is lying in bed. A boat comes in with the sheriff on it. Well, the sheriff and Big Sis, they're boning. And while boning, she's like, tell me you love me. And he's like, well, I don't love you. And he goes, I don't even like you. He goes, I don't even like what we're doing right now, which is sex. Uh, and he, uh, and she like stops, like she's going to stop. He goes, no, keep going. And she goes, well, you don't like it. He goes, yeah, but I, I, I want to do it anyway. Uh, you know, he's trying to keep it down that he's trying to really hide his feelings from her. Um, he takes it see- way too far, but also at the same time, I thought maybe this was like a sexual play for him where he was like, like he wants to do negatives where well, like he keeps telling her things are so awful and she keeps I- doing it. I personally thought he's trying to keep her from getting attached because the more she gets attached, the more loose lips or something might reach little Sebastian who would kill him. Or he's just a scumbag who doesn't want her to get attached because he just doesn't want to be attached to her himself. He's just using her for her body. All all of this could be, but... (laughs) And probably is. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably all of the above. Uh, Maria's listening, and later on the sheriff's eating, and Big Sis tells him that he can eat all he wants... And as she goes through, she's like, you know, I would love you here all the time. And Maria even shakes her head. She wants him here all the time. She obviously likes the sheriff as well. Um, he says that there's no way he could do that if he did it, that none of the, you know, none of the fishermen or sailors would come in. Uh, little Sebastian would stop coming in and would ruin him. It would ruin her. And he's right. It would ruin her. You know, there, no more money would come in. Yeah. No one is going to fucking come to your island of sin when there's a lawman there to watch them. Yeah. No matter how shitty the law man is (laughs) yeah and Uh, clearly a part of covering up a murder yeah right uh so then the sheriff is outside with maria he's having a cigarette there he's talking to her and he wants to take her to the city buy her a thong so she could show off literally it's way silver well she kisses him and they make out a bit and then they run off see it's here where i'm like okay now they're portraying her you know because before you're not quite sure what you know what's what's going on with her and yeah if she's just mute or what it is but then like she very clearly understands everything that he's saying because like when he talks about buying her a thong she giggles and like does that little girl thing you know like the the little shy girl thing where she's like you know kind of giggling at him and kind of covers up her face a little bit but then 
gives him that naughty look where she's like, yeah, I'd wear it, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like well, it, she is an adult person. And she has an adult mind. It's a sister that sees her having a disability and with one disability and treats her as she's an invalid throughout everything. It's just seeing her curled up, like screaming and like being cuddly with the dolls as her sister's having sex that I can't get out of my head. It yeah. really kind of makes it uncomfortable seeing her in these situations. True. Uh, well, anyway, uh, the sheriff comes back into the bar, uh, Big Sis is playing, uh, the guitar, uh, she heard him, saw everything that happened, and he's like, did you have your gun ready? She goes, I did. She goes, but then she heard that her sister was liking what was happening, so she's like, who am I to, you know, stop her from having a good time? If the sister Uh, 100% believes it's okay for her to have sex if she wants to, with the man that she's so very clearly in love with and can get over that hurdle, clearly she loves her sister enough to know what's best for her, in my mind, so, like, if she's okay with her sister having sex, then apparently as long as it's consensual her sister can have sex uh yeah um we you know and the sheriff is like she's a mute and pregnant and that's why the big sister wants him around uh she's looking for a protector for him not just her uh she is definitely in love with the sheriff uh she tells him so but he won't say it back um He's trying to be Bogart at this point. It's gross. Yeah. The sisters then talk topless again. Thank you, baby. And the one sister is a little, the older sister is a little meaner to Mariah about, you know, sleeping with him. And she goes, but then she kind of relents. She goes, ah, you know, I'm not even that mad. And they kind of talk and how good, uh, you know, how good at sex apparently the sheriff is. Uh, apparently he's the only one who makes older sis, uh, come at all. So, uh. You know, good for you, I guess. What are the odds on the fact that he's the only one that actually tries? Because everybody else has been paying her, so they don't care about her pleasure, just theirs. Exactly. That's that's true. I mean, that's true. I I don't want to. I don't want to say that only all that all Johns only care about their pleasure. Some of them are probably like got it in their head where you know they want to please a prostitute who's doing it for the money. Sure. No, Uh, they want to. No, they don't care. But they'll brag to their buddies later on. You know. (laughs) Well, they'll pretend like they were obviously. No kidding. She wanted to give the money back. What I'm what I'm basically getting at is I'm sure that there's like a guy out there who like that's kind of his kink is at least pretending like he's just doing what's best for me, <laughs> even though he's paying. You know what I'm getting at? Like, yeah, yeah. No, I I'm, got I'm you. sure that exists. But basically, I'm pretty sure that what she's getting at is she hasn't had sex with someone that's treated her like a human being in so long that she's fallen in love with him. Yeah. Well, anyway, and he's really good um, in bed on top of that. And, you know, Maria is completely all about that she would love him to live with them as well and i'm thinking of all the other just franco films that i've seen and thinking oh my god we're gonna see a three-way in a minute yeah right no shit uh as they're talking big sis sees another boat coming in and that's the end of that 20 minutes no wonder you were trying to rush to that i'm sorry no you're fine (laughs) okay so the film is definitely delving into more depth of character and so i think we're at the point where we've gotten introduced to all the characters and i'm gonna say that Maria, the sister, played by Lena Ramey, uh, is the only good person in this film. Yeah, yeah. Mariah is the only good person in this film. That is, that's in my opinion as well. Yeah. The closest yeah. would be the, rest of- the would-be Sylvia. bride. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then- Sylvia's the closest, but that's about to go to hell soon. So. Right. As of right now, Sylvia and Mariah, or Maria, however you want to pronounce it, they're kind of in the running as the only good people in the whole of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. Mariah and Sylvia as of right now. And, you know, Sylvia's dad, too, I would say. Yeah, but he's a bit of a judgmental prick while he's well, also but, not I wrong. I mean, the, he's not wrong, though. Yeah. He's exactly <laughs> right about the dude. So, <laughs> right. It's not judgmental if you're right. But I mean about, like, he talks about, he talks some shit about other people as well as what makes me think he's a judgmental prick. And that's why she's discounting what he's saying. He's, he's not judgmental. He's pragmatic. He doesn't like the town fucking Oscar, the town healer, because he fucking speaks in a lot of old world magic, if you will, that he doesn't believe. He's a he's a modern world dude. And then the only other two dudes he bags on are Andy and then little Sebastian, who also is a prick. So, yeah, I wouldn't want my daughter around any of them either. <sighs> You're such a fucking parent. <laughs> And I kind of jokingly said it earlier, but the more I think about it, the words existential malaise, I think, fit a description as to what this film is about. Yeah. Yeah. Existential malaise. (laughs) That is a great way of putting it. (laughs) And it's also sort of a study on toxic masculinity that kind of causes it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, toxic masculinity is a, a gigantic shit problem here. I don't. It always has yeah, been. I, I don't. Again, I don't know. I can't speak for Franco 100%, obviously, uh, what Jess Franco was actually considering or trying to do with the film. And if that is just a byproduct, but it's clearly not portrayed in such a way as that this is okay or how to be. Because the father that you said that is probably a good man, even though I was trying to proclaim him as a judgmental asshole, is at least a good enough man to where he is clearly looking out for what's best for his daughter with what he's trying to do and he is very concerned with what will happen to her from liking the guy that she does Uh, he's also trying to convince her with reason and discuss things with her she just will not listen so I mean you have a character like that who is very respectful of a woman who in this type of toxic masculine culture and patriarchy should be able to just say I forbid it you will not marry him and you will stay under my roof and like really be overbearing about it and a possession dad instead he's trying to reason with her as if she is a sentient human being and it's because very one of the good guys right it's very different than a lot of the other toxic masculine viewing women as objects almost know? everyone else views a woman as an object in this goddamn yeah. flick yeah they jackie treehorn the shit out the, of them the only person who has moments where he's not is the sheriff because jackie treehorn treats objects like women. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah it's oh god the and we, we haven't even gotten to the worst of it yet as far as what's going to end up happening here but there's definitely like just this you, you just get this sensation that everybody that lives in this sort of resort town or or edge of the coastal far fishing town and then this um bay <laughs> bar slash their home that is off on an island so it's technically not under the jurisdiction of the law and she can she can do what she wants there including serving alcohol and the sailors will come there to party yeah. it up and, and sleep with her for money and stuff uh, it's clearly like fading and that's something that Franco's really big about is he loves to film the ocean but he also likes to film resorts when they're in disuse and more ill repair like the cheaper it is to be there on the ocean he really loves to portray that and it's brought to a more um, artistic flair in this case because it serves to tell the story as to why these folks seem more and more desperate and like it feels like everything here is everybody's last chance like the marriage is the is Sylvia's last chance um, protecting his daughter from making the same mistakes that he made is the father's last chance for the, the market owner 
Uh, <laughs> you know, the, it's just like everybody's well, just see, so it just desperate. Seems like this town's a dead end. Yeah, everything's everybody's so desperate, and things are coming to a head, and things are just kind of falling apart, and their lives are unraveling, and the town's desperate and poor, and you just you feel that like because of everywhere you look on every inch of the frame, like the oceanside views are still gorgeous, and there's some amazing photography on the water in this film that looks amazing. But when we're in the bar, when we're outside of it, and we see how ill-used and in disrepair that it is and the rest of the town is like that as well like it very clearly states that like the reason these people are so grizzled and fucking hard is because shit is dying around them and they gotta fucking hack out a living through this yeah yeah it's definitely it yeah i mean even when little sebastian visited the sheriff earlier he's like what are you doing in this part of town he's like well i used to be a scum just like you so revisiting all time yeah there you go absolutely oh yeah and he had to resort to the worst kind of criminal like organized crime element that he could to rise above that Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah and it's it's pretty bad like you said there's a lot to discuss what he's calling scum though are just poor people yeah i know i was just trying to wash over the tale of the rich I know. I'm just trying to ignore it because I'm not going to get baited into the discussion of how billionaires are parasites. I mean, I just got you. But all right. So anyway. Next 20 minutes. The next 20 minutes. Big says she she runs to get ready for these visitors coming. Mariah also heads out. And uh, that night, uh, we see Big Sis. She's singing to a lot of patrons. The sheriff and the doctor are there as well. And they're talking about her, how great she is. Then uh, Then little Sebastian and his goons show up. Uh, the goons uh, walk in, and they tell everyone the place is closed, and they kick everyone out, especially the sheriff, who says that he'll be back. Uh, the goons tell Big Sis to head upstairs, go talk to little Sebastian. Uh, Shouldn't the sister be killing Andy right now from the threat that she just made? You would think, but I'm because they're both armed right now where Andy wasn't before, now he is. They were armed to clear out the place. She probably won't. Also, she probably won't because Sebastian will do something horrible. That's fair. We'll stop there. Yeah. Um, the, uh, later on, uh, Andy's girlfriend, she shows up at, uh, little Sebastian Andy's house, but they tell him they haven't heard from him. They never hear from him after he leaves work. And she's like, I haven't heard from him for four days. Well, then little Sebastian, he invites her in and tells her that her son is in love, in love with her. And, but he doesn't want them getting married. Uh, and he doesn't approve of it. So she turns around and she leaves. Um, she, she then gets home and dad asks her what's up, but she says nothing and she runs upstairs. Then Oscar shows up, tells dad that the coffee grounds told him that tragedy surrounds his house. And, uh, dad starts to dismiss him, but Oscar doesn't care. It tells him that his daughter's in danger and they can both hear her crying upstairs. Cause you know what happened with Andy and Andy's dad. So then she does Andy. not take this breakup well when she is basically the one was trying to get the son to renounce yeah. the father. And I and I don't even think it was a breakup. I just think Andy hasn't talked to her for a few days. Um, <laughs> right, because she basically pushed him too hard about his father and stormed out in a huff. So he's like, fine, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, Andy then comes to Deer Island and we see Mariah. She's down by the water. Andy watches her and then attacks her. She runs away, be able to catch up with her. He starts assaulting her, but Big Sis is right there. And she does what she promised to do, and she shoots him dead. Mariah runs to her room, and then, and then we cut to the next day, and Andy's fiance, she shows up to the hotel on the island. She questions Big Sis about Andy's whereabouts. Big Sis is like, you know, she kind of tells her that 
Andy's not who you think. He's a rabble rouser, and he's a you know, it was a good time guy. He's not a serious. <laughs> what man. are you, a nineteen fifties like fucking dad? <laughs> I don't know, man. He's a good time guy. <laughs> rabble rouser and guy. a good time rabble guy. Rouser. Fuck you, man. I've gotten old. All right, I've gotten old in the years we've done this show. <laughs> That's fair. I'll let you be. So then, uh, Sylvia then wants to check Big Sis's room, but Big Sis goes, "Fuck you." Takes out her gun, makes her leave, and. And Mariah's sitting there, and she's kind of nervous and sad, so she, she comforts her. And that's that 20 minutes, and we're heading into the final 20, where the shit blows the fuck up. So he's dead, right? She shot him? This is the scene? Yeah, 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 yeah. Andy's dead. Uh, blows his brains out all over his sister's face, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, question, do you know anything about the velocity of a thirty-eight? I mean, wouldn't it have, like gone right through him and into her sister killing her i mean i don't know like i that's what i'm just saying like i don't know what the velocity is for a 38 oh, oh i thought you knew so i'm like eh, i'm pretty sure uh, yeah that's the thing but that- i'm almost sure almost any handgun except for a really tiny one but at least the one she's holding at point blank range yeah and the where she's pointing it is going to definitely kill her sister now a 38 is a smaller caliber bullet okay like and right. it's, yeah, I mean- it's smaller than a nine millimeter so the cartridge that fires it is going to be smaller as well so we're talking like it's definitely bigger than like a 32 if it's a 38, right? But it's yeah. not a 45, which is fucking huge. It's significantly smaller than that. So the cartridge would be smaller. So the muzzle velocity could possibly, if things were lined up right, have gone into one skull out the front and into the sister's face as well, killing them both. True. It's it's a possibility with a 38 as dangerous as that is. Now, same thing with the chest. It could have possibly gone all the way through his chest into the sister. She should have fired from the side of his head just to be sure like up against the temple right right through the side that way just to play it a little more safe and kill him and maybe pull his head back off of the sister so that um you know it's directing further away you know and like point it somewhere else like out into the ocean or down to the sand as you do it but now i mean luckily the sister as of right now has plot point protection so right right so this scene was very grotesque and after what we endured with Emmanuel and Francois. Um, I was really, really nervous whenever this rape started happening because I'm like, you know what? There was this one didn't happen, and I'm like, this one might, you know. And I was really, yeah, I, I, I was getting worried with that one too. And this, this assault where he's he gets a lot closer to completing what he wanted to do than the last time. And thankfully, just when I'm like, oh fuck, please no, then the shot happens, and I feel as though it is paced and set exactly to invoke that feeling in me so that when the gunshot happens the shock of the gunshot becomes that much more dramatic where you're like oh fuck yeah i think you're right i think you're definitely right on that i you know franco had when he has it man he's fucking got it so i'm gonna say that that was intentional the way that he he crafted that scene you know i think so because it's very as much as he lingers on shots and kind of meanders around with shots where he just like swipes back and forth and just shows you a broad spectrum of beautiful ocean for like a long extended period of time where somebody's just walking for no reason and there's no edits it's just he wanted to film the ocean and yeah. lena remay just goes off and walks around topless and 
and like you're like okay i won't complain <laughs> yeah know? i'm not i'm not arguing with anybody here but it's still weird right it's <laughs> like this is a beautiful view just fucking enjoy it this is my life as just like Franco. the director was like god damn i just love the ocean let's hear stay here dude we're still shooting fuck i'm sorry all right get back on the character right <laughs> as much as he does that even in this film which it does fucking happen um in this case it's much more minimal and it serves a purpose because she is very apparently um a, a child of nature she just wants to roam free and feel the air on her skin and um apparently topless most of the time or in a saran or whatever as naked as she can be underneath and play in the ocean in warm climate and that's how she wants to live you know it serves a purpose for that story and unfortunately because of that men who are fucking disgusting pigs come to this island and assault her on a regular basis it appears and the sister's got to fucking deal with it charles bronson fucking style yeah right and that that's fine yeah i mean who doesn't want to just live on the islands man <laughs> look at the water just live your life right <laughs> But what I'm getting at is there's character development here, even in that meandering stuff. Everything serves a purpose to the story. And I, this is the most focus I've seen Jess Franco, you know, and particularly yeah, with that true. that editing of the rape scene where it leads up to right before he can actually do what it is that he needs to do. And his death uh, and the splurt of the blood is very much a completion shot. But it's for us as an audience for us to be able to go, oh, thank God he's dead. Like it's that yeah. it's that moment. Like it's very intentionally crafted that way um, that guy was with dead. that tension Correct. and it's it's kind of sexualized and i'm kind of uncomfortable about that but at the same time i have to applaud him <laughs> and at the same time you gotta be like oh shit <laughs> like I, I i accept the fact that this is a problematic area for me to enjoy it in that manner but i also applaud him for being able to make me think in such a way yeah and uh, I, I mean this movie really makes you kind of take a hard look at yourself especially if you're a man in uh, in this world. I feel that the fact that we are appalled at the behavior of how these men are behaving and the fact that you and I, I can speak for us both in this, would not allow a motherfucker that acts like this if we knew this was their behavior around us. No, no. <laughs> we they, would make they, sure they would not be at peace for acting like this. No, they would not be. They would definitely not be, like, if they were, like, I caught a friend of mine acting this way and shit like that, they would not be my friend for very long. They just oh. would never be welcomed around me again. They would be cut out of my life, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, fucking quick, too. And I would warn everyone I knew that this is I would is tell everyone I knew. Did. Just, yeah. why, hey, Matt, why, why aren't we hanging out with this guy anymore? Oh, let me tell you why. <laughs> exactly. That's a good space to go into the final 20. Is that where we're at? Or 30? The final 20. Or final? Final final moments of the film, huh? Let's move final on. Final moments. Yep. Final 20. Um. Uh, Andy's body is found and it's brought back to his dad, Sylvia, and her dad who are waiting for it. Sylvia breaks down, her dad comforts her, and he even says sorry to little Sebastian for his loss and little Sebastian thanks him. Uh, later on, we see little Sebastian crying in his home about his son's murder. Uh, that night, Big Sis asks Mariah if she wants to leave and Mariah violently shakes her head no, she does not want to leave the island. Uh, Big Sis says, uh, all she does, good and bad, is for Mariah to keep her safe and the baby. And she wishes she could, like, at least write, because she sees a fire in Maria's eyes, but she doesn't know what it means. Maria tries to talk, but only cries, and then, uh, collapses into her sister's arms, and they embrace. Um, later on, we cut to Sylvia is... She puts on her wedding dress, stares blankly into the mirror. She sees Andy's stupid dead face. She then decides in her wedding dress to grab her dad's rifle. 
Um, the sheriff comes back to the island looking for Big Sis. Um, and we see Sylvia's on a boat, kind of just she's she's rowing on a boat holding that gun. Uh, the sheriff and Big Sis, they uh, they kind of they're just they're talking to one another about life. She's like, Do you ever think about getting out of here? And he goes, I have no dreams. He was like, uh, You know, that's all that's for children. He goes, What we have is what we have, and we got to hold on to what we have. Uh, we see Mariah's once again walking around topless. Uh, she's listening on the conversation, and that's going to be a bad thing, uh, because, uh, the sheriff pretty much says the only, she, and they're kind of, the sheriff and the big sis are talking, the big sis is like, hey, listen, uh, you know, you can sleep with her anytime, I understand, and he goes, well, I don't really like sleeping with her, he says, uh, she's really not great at it, she, he only does it because it seems to make her happy, and he'll continue to do it, but he doesn't particularly like it, and he, you know, doesn't particularly like Maria, I guess. Yeah, he basically uh, bags on her and says that she's kind of gross and she's not good in yeah. bed and it's not fun for him. But he does it because it makes her happy and he feels sorry for her, which is not something you ever want to hear from the person that you may be banging and really liking it from. Exactly. Um, and then as the big sis and him talk. He finds out it isn't really big sisters threaten to kill people or kill people to protect her young sister. It's actually had a jealousy that men actually do like her sister. And the big sis actually admits it. She goes, I, I, and, and here's one thing I'm going to give big sis some range on this. Uh, I am sure any caretaker, whether it's someone you, whether you're, you're caring for a parent, a sibling, a spouse or a child who are special needs. I'm sure you can have very dark moments when you're that caretaker. Typically, it's always suggested you have therapy and stuff. And that is probably a thought that goes on in their heads. Now, do I think... She says she hates her sometimes. Um, and she feels like she's wasting her best years and that she feels like her sister is useless. I'm sure those are thoughts she had since so she feels like she's, she's in a safe space to share them with the sheriff. And not that she would ever say that to her sister to be intentionally cruel, obviously. No, clearly... Really, this is not the sort of thing that you would say around a person unless you're me. Yeah. Well, I don't even think if you were caretaking for someone, you would say that around that person. I would have to care about that person to take care of them. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, so if it is a person that I'm a caretaker of, then yes, that is correct, Matt. And you still may have those thoughts. Oh, I would. I know me. Yeah. I I mean, I know I would. I would too. I know I'm only human, and also I have anger issues. So yes, I would have every human. Every human would have those thoughts. (laughs) I, I don't care who they are, and they could lie to me all day long, but every one of them would have that thought at least once in their life. <laughs> about yeah. you know their bad luck and all that kind of shit. So you feel bad, and but then Maria, of course, she hears this. She she cries. So of course she can understand. She was she's mentally an adult. She just can't speak. Uh, she runs away, and they hear her running away. So they're like, "Oh fuck!" Well, then we see Sylvia starting to come ashore. Uh, the two chase after Maria, and they see her high up on one of the bluffs. They try to get to her, but she instead they have to watch her jump to her death. Um. As they are processing that, Sylvia walks up, gun in hand. She aims, she takes a a shot at Big Sis, who falls, and then shoots the sheriff a few times, definitely killing him. Well, we're back to the present day, with Big Sis reflecting on the dock. They never found Maria's body. Um, She says, you know, she was, they they tell her she was lucky to live. We never really find out what happens to Sylvia through all this. I'm sure she was just arrested. Oh, she had to go to jail and or a mental asylum after murdering the fucking town sheriff and... And attempted murdering yeah. our main all, character. All while wearing a wedding dress. Yeah, that just doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that you could have somewhat of a mental uh, divergence plea for, you know, temporary insanity or something along those lines. I'm, I'm sure of 
of it. Um, yeah. But, you know, especially from wearing a wedding dress while committing said atrocities. Um, but, you know, whatever. Let's finish this. Yeah. Well, she states now she waits for death. She goes to sleep. She walks out on that dock. Then she goes home. She goes to sleep. She hopes death will grab her. And then maybe someday she'll see Maria again. She walks off. Roll credits. This film is very much existential malaise. Yeah, that shit. That yeah. shit's a bummer, man. Yeah, that shit's uh, that's real melancholy type shit. You know, given the affluence of toxic masculinity in the culture of this little village and or island locales that we were shown, I am not all that shocked that things ended up this horribly. Because I mean, yeah. Sylvia was essentially in her eyes tainted now because the man she was going to marry, she gave herself to before her wedding day, and now that dress is useless, and that's really what she's avenging, not her would be beau. Well, but. I think she really did love it. And until she shot, I mean, listen, she only had a hunch that Big Sis had something to do with it. And even suiting Big, Big Sis, you know, doesn't make her a heel. But then when she turns around and shoots the sheriff, it kills him. And that's when she joins the heel program. You know what I mean? Okay, so you're saying that she only sort of believes, even though she doesn't really know. You think it's okay that she did this vengeance shooting, or you can understand that, and you don't think it's that crazy. But murdering well, the I, sheriff? Well, I understand it from in her head, where it's that's justice. She is under the firm belief, thanks to Oscar probably saying and all that, that Big Sis murdered uh, Andy. In her, in her head... Andy's not this bad guy who was trying to rape Maria. She, you know, she knew that Andy would go to the older sis for sex, or at least that's what he told her. And so she's mad because probably Andy stopped it. And then that lady killed him. And that's what happened. So in her head, I would say she's not doing anything out of an evil intention. She's doing something out of a just intention. But then that all has to go away when then a sheriff who really did nothing, you decide to murder him too, just because he was standing there. Well, that's, she can't that's have, called she killing. Can't. That's called killing a witness. Yeah. That's, so that makes you evil. No. Killing a witness does not make you evil. What? She's supposed to stand trial and go before, you know, just because she killed a woman in a fit of passion no she's got to kill that witness to cover it both up because no one else and that's saw her what do makes it. you evil no one's it's arguing. no longer a fit of passion anymore no one is arguing i'm not evil no <laughs> one is trying to say that court psyops is not evil what i'm saying is this is a thing she needs to do to get away with this crime yes but that's also where it then for me stops her trying to get justice it turns into her trying to get away with a crime right so you're basically saying evil and i'm saying pragmatic is what i'm getting at all right i, I mean i'm not even so much saying evil as much as she turns into a heel it's a heel program for her now after she kills the sheriff okay um i think her and just you don't even say just, heels evil but she turns into she turns into a heel it's a heel program i think Not her just going to murder to to going to that island to murder anyway is just pretty much what turns her heel but it's such a glorious fucking badass heel turn where you're like oh my god you're gonna be the king baddie for a while aren't you yeah and i think it, it somewhat grays out for you because you really didn't like the sheriff but let's say mariah didn't throw herself off the bluff and then the the Sylvia shows up it shoots Maria dead then I think you would agree with me she went full heel program well that's actually what I was kind of having to expect until like I thought yeah, Maria was going to come up to her and she was going to get shot and then I was like that's oh that's a major thought. tragedy but that Maria was going to hear this cry 
run away, and as she was running, was going to run in right into Sylvia, who was going to shoot her dead. Yeah, this is a very much Greek tragedy kind of yeah. like, play turned into very a Very much, right? Yeah. That's what exa- – oh, thank God. That's exactly the word I've been looking for is Greek tragedy. Yeah. I've been looking – I just did – fucking uh, tip my tongue. Great. It's a Greek tragedy type play. Yeah, but it's definitely an, an exercise in extensional malaise as well. Like, it's just yeah. – there's this is a really well-crafted film, and it really bums me out that he couldn't get anybody to – to release it i like i get it i understand why because like you just kind of have to go with it to really get any joy out of it and it, it's a real arty fun kind of interesting look at a bunch of really grim dark fucking shit that really breaks your heart and makes you feel terrible yeah <laughs> but it does it at such a jaunty pace that you can't help but like kind of chime along with it and just kind of enjoy what you're watching it does bring you up but then when it crashes down at the end it is total fucking greek tragedy it really is yeah complete nutter it's yeah it's just it's a fucking it's a real bummer is what it is <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't mean over in england what it means here yeah 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 right yeah yeah all right well it's a major bummer in american terms <laughs> <laughs> it's a major downer no matter yeah. what language you're speaking yeah 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 you're not gonna feel good walking away from this movie this film definitely will warrant a couple of viewings as far as i'm concerned i really did enjoy it this was another one of those package deal buys my man and when it pays off it pays off big like it sounds like we both really enjoyed it i know i did i did i really enjoyed it i mean it bummed me out i fucking helped somewhat ruin my sunday but fuck it you know we watched this easter sunday this was our easter sunday film yeah, this is yeah. my easter sunday now right after this i had some prime rib that i made in the oven which was delicious and uh got to watch uh my basketball team win a game in the playoffs so uh, i'm all right <laughs> I, it bounced back i bounced back it sounds like a perfect easter sunday for you my man i'm really glad you <laughs> shared that with the world yeah i take it you're done talking about bahia blanca i have nothing more to say you're done talking yeah. about bahia blanca i am <laughs> yeah it's an excellent film i do recommend if you can get a chance to check it out some way shape or form out there uh the blu-ray is excellent the quality is perfect i didn't really get to uh dig into the special features i kind of sampled a little bit of them uh there's a couple interviews and stuff that's on on the disc as well i don't know if it's still available or not but like if you get a chance to snag it i do recommend the film it's cool yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty kick-ass film. All right, with that, why don't we give them some psyop news to kind of bring everybody up if we kind of brought them down? And uh, the best way to do that on the Pirate Radio Edit, we're gonna have some more Bikini Kill with anti-pleasure dissertation, and then some psyop news right after that.
Anti-Pleasure-Dissertation by Bikini Kill. That's a long fucking title to try and say. That is. That's the fucking longest title ever. <laughs> that was a tongue twister if ever a twisting tongue was ever twisted by a tongue twister. Fuck, you went a long way for that one, didn't you, buddy? You <laughs> <Doing> great. <laughs> I didn't even know I could do it until I tried it. It's the story of your sex life. You didn't even know you do it until you tried it. Uh, actually, um, everything in my sex life I have to know I'm allowed to do before I try it. Thank you. <laughs> so just give me some psyops. I found this on my own, by the way. It's me. I did all the work here. From IFL Science. Uh, Italian doctors invent new tool to remove 23-inch dildo for man's rectum. Fuck you, Matt. Somebody else posted that already in the group. Did they? Yeah. Oh, motherfucker. I th- did I ever do this story? No. <laughs> we've done so many things stuck in people's rectums that... <laughs> yeah, we've done all sorts of different stories like that. Oh, is that me oh, getting well, a metal I don't think I ever. I, I don't think I ever talked about them inventing a whole new tool to, to make this happen. No, so no, we haven't it. covered this yet, but you didn't find this on your own because someone in the group did post it as well, is all well, I'm saying. I found it on my own at the same time as someone from the group also apparently posted it. Right, that's what I'm I saying. I did not find this in the group. So when that person... I can't remember who it is off the top of my head hears this they will know that yes i am acknowledging that i saw that you posted that you are validated you are valid i'll do the fucking story so we can get the fuck on with this fucking show jesus christ medical (laughs) professionals are well versed in removing large objects from people's rectums as the dozens of published case reports and thousands more back office anecdotes will test humans love testing the limits of what will fit in that part of their body shoved up my rectum Probably, uh, but seem to forget that sometimes that taking it out might present a different set of difficulties. My asshole actually sweat. Booty juice, booty juice, gotta have it now. For it to be coming this back out. That's up to emergency room staff and gastrointestinal experts to remedy the situation. And many years of on-the-spot troubleshooting has led to some development in numerous ex- extraction tricks and techniques. Now a team of physicians at the AAST Grand Hospital in Milan have added a new tool to the arsenal after a particularly challenging instance forced them to innovate. That or they're just writing a, B- writing a BMJ case reports. Endoscopist Dr. Lorenzo Discordi and his colleagues detailed the treatment of a 31-year-old man, of course, who presented to the emergency room with a girthy Girthy, 60 centimeter, 23 inch rubber dildo lodged inside of him. He God used all that asshole cream to put the 23 inch rubber dildo inside of him. God doesn't see when you do anal. You better hope not, What's or else you're going to hear about this. Cream? What's with all that asshole cream? He needs it to get the 23 inch fucking dildo up there. During the initial examination and questioning by the staff on duty, the man explained that the toy was not removable by hand oh, and had been stuck. Christ. Wait, wait. Had been stuck for 24 hours. Sweet <laughs> Yet, other than some mild abdominal pain, he was feeling fine. When an x-ray revealed that the sheer magnitude of the problem, he was referred to the endoscopy unit. And, uh, holy shit. That thing went all... My God, I'm seeing the x-ray that's in the article. That shit, it goes in and it went all the way to his, his, his what would be his, his well, I don't know which way the, the x-ray is facing. So, but it went all the way to his side. But it's up like near the lungs. Jesus wept. Yeah, yeah. 
the doctor's team then tried multiple standard approaches to remove the item from the terminal from the terminal colon, including snaring it with a wire loop device that is otherwise used to remove polyps and displacing it with a dilating balloon when grabbing it with forceps. But these attempts all failed due to the rigidity and the smoothness and the size of the object. Ooh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? <laughs> the physicians recalled they, they were hoping to avoid the last resort option of highly invasive surgery. They built a oh, homemade Christ. device out of a medical wire pushed through a stent tube. Unlike existing polyp snares, the team's guide wire lasso, as it was called, was rigged enough to loop around the sex toy and pull it away from the colon walls. They uh, they state that they, we finally succeeded in the endoscopic extradition of the device, catching the distal edge of the dildo with this guide wire lasso, uh, the doctor and colleagues wrote. Uh, I am so disturbed that I'm picturing a lot of the procedures that were described there in the article to the point where I no longer want to look at clips and I'm just trying to focus to get through this. (laughs) We suggest a new technique as a valid option to remove large foreign bodies from the colon and rectum when standard endoscopic methods for foreign body extradition fail. In addition to advancing the field of foreign body removal, this tale has a happy ending for the patient. He was able to return home the same day as the extraction and suffer no lasting symptoms. According to the report, he wrote the physicians a thank you note, expressing his appreciation that they could solve his embarrassing problem without operation. So there you go. They had to lasso a motherfucking dildo out of his ass. they had to lasso a dildo out of his ass. They had Cowboy to invent a medical tool that was capable of the precise aiming of said lasso to pull a dildo out of his fucking colon. Listen, they cowboyed shitted that shit out of there, right? The cowboy, that's cowboy shit right there. <laughs> well, yeah, a lasso pretty much, yeah. I mean, even though if it's a wire, it's more like a garrote, so it's kind of like yeah, Assassin's work at that point, right? That's true. This is Assassin's Creed game that nobody wants released. <laughs> This is the kind of work with which you kind of are proud that you created something, but then you realize that you're going to be associated with the removal of a 23-inch dildo for the rest of your medical career. Your name's in there, and you're like, well, okay, and you're either, your name's in these medical books now, and you were either A, fuck, I'm mortified, or B, if you're us, you'd be like, yeah, my name's in medical books. I helped figure out how to get that dildo. Never mind. (laughs) You know what, though? I think I can speak with great authority for both of us here that if that were true, if you and I were actually somehow responsible in being able to remove that dildo by creating this device for them, that yeah, we would we actually... We MacGyvered something together. We would actually brag about it. I think that's the I, kind of people that totally we Totally, we'd brag up. <laughs> like, MacGyver ain't got shit on me. Give me a fucking paperclip, some chewed up bubble gum, and a string. I'll get whatever dildo you need out of you. Clip. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, you walked right into that. I got so blinded by the joke, I had to take it. Just like the dildo. (laughs) No, 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 I get the dildos out of you. (laughs) Matt Syop's going to start his own business that'll never respond to any fucking messages for. (laughs) 
fuck, geez, really? We're not even on the news yet. You gotta wait, hold that fucking venom for the news. <laughs> we just finished the news. We're moving on to the end. Or no, you gotta hold that venom for the closing of the show, not the news. <laughs> well, we're moving to the closing of the show, so I'm sharpening the claws with just a little bit of a jab there. Just a little taste. Alright, slow, yeah, great. <laughs> fucking... Fucking play the shit. <laughs> okay, boss, I forgot that you run <laughs> shit. <laughs> now guess what? We're gonna sit here until I fucking feel oh fuck you, I'm ending it if this bit for me. <laughs> If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. song title is going to be a little out there for some of you folks that aren't listening on the pirate radio edit it's called i like fucking i mean who doesn't people who are asexual well yeah yeah them definitely them they they don't like it and that's okay if that's who you are that's that's just totally fine perfectly okay that makes you happy that makes you happy that would definitely not make me happy and i hope that that doesn't happen because i i love fucking yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> if you'd yes. like to find if you'd like to find the previous instances where Matt and I fumble around almost defending an entire group of people without even realizing it, those previous instances <laughs> where that has occurred on the previous 348 episodes of the show. Jesus I'm just saying, Christ. For us personally, fucking is so choice. But for other people it might not be, and that's fine. 
That is located at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. That is the previous 348 instances where we may have offended an entire group of folks just for their sexual preference. Really? You think it's that many? I mean, that's yeah. pretty impressive. We should probably watch ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're that quite inconsiderate. inconsiderate. No. And we usually try to make good on it. And we really do not mean to hurt anyone, especially if we just don't understand. No, I- Everyone is valid and deserves the right to be happy in this fucking world. And to do that, as long as it doesn't hurt other people, exactly. That's the only that's the only qualification that I have, and even the illegal thing I'm all right with, as long as it doesn't hurt other people. You know, because there are stupid things that are illegal. So I'd say, yeah, as long as you're not hurting anybody. Yeah, don't hurt anybody. You're fine. (laughs) And so far as what it will do to you to harm you, if it's legal or not, you know, that's on your own. Yeah, like I get some people like to get a little harmed, maybe, but as long as it's not, you know, yeah, always with consent. Yeah, no harming without consent. No harming without consent. And don't harm yourself too much either. If you'd like to find some other places where we can actually enrich your lives instead of telling you how to live them, it's available at our Instagram, cinema underscore psyops, where I thrice daily share memes during the workday for the working person. You're always you're always about that, uh, that fucking the, the, the living life shit. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? You're all about that enriching yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make everything better for everyone else as best as I possibly can. Because yeah, well, sh- Fuck it. I'm capable of doing so much damage that I'd rather focus all my energy into doing as much good as possible. Yeah, I, I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. One of the places that I have minimized my damage is on Twitter, where I am at court underscore psyop. All I really do is follow and occasionally tweet out stuff about the show and or a reference to said memes from cinema underscore psyops on Instagram. I am at court underscore psyop there on the Twitter. We all know about those filthy, filthy porn bots. Yeah, those filthy, filthy outstanding porn bots which are not available and or welcome in our facebook group cinema psyops because they ban <laughs> us for that shit and they will they ban will, you too fuck us up so don't do right it right before yeah. fall, elon musk buys twitter and he blows up all the porn bots <laughs> he's just pretending to do that to try and get a fucking price gouge pump and dump going that's all you gotta be <laughs> got me talking stocks like i know what the fuck i'm talking about i'm also available <laughs> on facebook as court psyops where you can tell me to shut the fuck up about stocks i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) and also if you'd like to explain to me things about Elon Musk first of all don't I don't care I don't want to hear about Elon Musk unless you're going to bag on him then you can yeah, write that, me that that's dissert- always fun. Yeah, then you can write I'm me that. I'm all about listening to people bag Yeah, something. you can write me that dissertation and send it to cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Yeah, I'll listen to you bag about anybody for like at least an hour. <laughs> well, while you're out there filing out your report of the person that you want to bag on and looking to contact Matt, you probably shouldn't because he won't respond. <laughs> but until you do all of that work, <laughs> kick the fuck out of his weekend, make it your bitch.
yo. Hey, you must have been set to invisible. I didn't see you active on Skype, so thanks for texting me. Oh, yeah, not a problem. <laughs> All right, can you start recording? I am recording now. One, two, three, four, five. Hey, thank you. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> That's two more than you normally need, son. <laughs> yeah, two more what? <laughs> Counts. Well, I, did, oh, I, did, I only did one, one, two, three, four, five. Come on. Just one, two, three, clap. Oh, I did five. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, yeah sorry about it. tonight, man. I probably should have even thought ahead that that was going to happen. I just didn't even think of it. Hey, it's no problem, man. Uh, the movie probably won't go that long. You're rolling already. You in the right headspace to be able to cover the flick. Fucking A. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> We got what we got. We'll just uh, we'll, we we'll, got what we got. You know what though? There's I, I, I don't want to. There's stuff in here to tackle. It wasn't terrible. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just want to save it for when we actually talk yeah, about the movie. It. So for for the shit. Yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> you hear that? Yep. All right, let's just fucking roll it then. Word. Your waveform does look good too, right? I have to fucking ask it. Oh fucking yeah, yeah, time. yeah. I have blue snowball. I checked that twice already. All right, yeah. Cool. I believe it's Severn. It's either Severn or Vinegar Syndrome. I always mix them up, and I apologize to both fucking companies, but I'm talking about the film this week, so there we go. There you go. Yeah, fuck <laughs> God, hold on. I have this, like, goddamn sneeze that just... Ooh, okay. That's okay. Yeah, I'm literally it. knocking over everything on my desk like I'm a fucking Chevy Chase routine from the 1970s. <laughs> we are having a, we're having a time tonight. Yeah, this is going to um, be a great fucking edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit. Uh, so, um, oh, oh God, this is going to be a mess of a show. Hold on. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they've been like that for the last 120. That's true. <laughs> it looks a lot like him, but, like, it's hard to tell because, you know, sometimes he has long hair, sometimes he doesn't. And then there's different photos of him depending upon what age he is, so. And I'm not the biggest fan to be able to just to pick him out, but, like, it feels like that's him <laughs> to me is what I'm saying. I mean, it makes sense. It's the kind of thing that makes sense. Yeah, it's the so, most, like, I know what he looks like when he's, like, super old because I've seen his cameos there and recognized them. But this is kind of young enough to where I'm pretty sure it's him, but not 100% positive to speak with authority without all the qualifiers that are clearly not there just to stretch out the show. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Of course, because, you know, it's never that we stretch out a show at all. Uh, that does not happen. tightly packed and always prepared for. Um, we're not meandering douchebags that don't know what the fuck we're doing at all times. Yeah, we are. I mean, yeah, we're not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking knees. Yes, it's extremely tame for a guy that zooms in on crotches like it's going out of style. Exactly. Like, there, that is art. Yeah, okay, not a judgment statement on my part. I just want to say, just an observation. Yes, just we're just making observations, people. No judgment. He's zooming in on them like you will never see it again. Like, it, it yeah. feels like that, that urgent. He's zooming in on it like it's the first time he's ever seen one. <laughs> and we'll never see one again. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, oh, shit, this is probably the last time. Much like all men felt when the first time they saw a vagina. Like, this is the first time. It'll probably never happen again. Much like Matt feels every time he sees a vagina. Oh, this is fact. Except for I know it's not the first time anymore, but I still treat every time like I'll never see it again. Which is exactly what I was referencing. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm glad everyone's having a great time. At <laughs> your expense, uh, of course. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, this is great. I'm not going to cry at all later. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to view this character now, so her nudity makes me uncomfortable. No, I get you. And so I does totally her understand. sexuality in, in later on, because I just don't know if she's able to consent or not, because the film will not tell me if she is actually able to I legally think, consent. I think the sister views... And this is something I'm going to get into much oh, later. You know what? You're right. You're right. I forgot about that moment. Uh, I withdraw yeah. my argument on that. So you yeah, can enjoy her nudity. She is full sound mind. By yes. You can. Mute. Yes. Yes. Uh, when the family member says so, then yeah, I, I believe that that's a sound judgment because the one yeah. thing that she does love is her sister. You are correct, sir. I withdraw my argument. This gets moved to the out.
takes. Let's move on. All right. No, let's let's just be real careful. <laughs> um, fuck. Well, yeah, you cry. My fault and my babbling ass. Not even just my daughter. I wouldn't want my son around people like that. Reverse all the genders. I wouldn't want my son around people like that. Just make it neutral oh. and say child. I want, yeah, there you go. I wouldn't want my child. I wouldn't want anyone. I wouldn't even want you around people like that. Wow, you care about me that much, as much as you yeah. would your own child, that you wouldn't want me around people like this. I, would, I wouldn't want any of my friends around people like that. <laughs> Matt, you are them. Hey, 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 hey. Shh. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm just surprised you didn't go. And uh, the next 20 minutes. Uh, and, and the next 20 minutes. I have no fucking clue what I mean by that. I'm punch drunk after that review. Fucking shit not working. Three, two, one. Feel I'll oh, fuck you. I'm ending it if this paper me. <laughs> there you go. That's payback for last week. There you go. Good one. Cinema <laughs> Psyop. I had no idea how else we were going to get out of there without doing that. There's, yeah, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both went out of here and I have to pee. Three, two, one. Probably shouldn't because you won't respond. <laughs> but until you do all of that work, kick the fuck out of this weekend, make it your bitch. Jesus Christ. Ha! <laughs> Not bad for no clips. Yeah. MacGyver ain't got shit on me. Give me a fucking paper clip, some chewed up bubble gum, and a string. I'll get whatever dildo you need out of you. No, no, no. I get the dildos out of you. And I'm done recording.